We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, welcome, welcome. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Today we got an upgrade. I want to thank G for stepping in for me yesterday as I was unavailable. But Giraffe Meat episode two is officially underway. And I am your host. What the fuck was that? My bad. Come on. Where's Brass? Where's Brass? See, this is what happens when you let the kids play. But yes. I am your host, Alex Musabai. Of course, you all know me as Moose. Formerly from Hangover Time, now currently the, uh, well, always the founder, co-founder of StreamBeat alongside my uh, my co-host over here, Frankie G. Say hello to the people, Frankie. What's going on, people? Be patient with me because this computer is extra slow today producing. And so is my producer. And below me, we're going to talk about another draft beat correspondent, our good friend, Coach Lou. Coach, how you doing? Oh, man, I'm excited, man. We have some great things to talk about, some great things to get into, man. Let's go. Yes, yes. And we are very excited to welcome our illustrious guest, Tristan Tucker, the PR coordinator of the Chicago Sky and formerly the writer of USA Basketball. Uh, real talk, Tristan, huge fan, been a longtime follower. I couldn't wait to get you on the pod. Uh, so thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you guys so much for having me. It's been awesome uh, following you guys and your journeys. And it's uh, been a dream of mine to be on this pod for a while. So really excited. Me to too. Do. Me too. <laughs> uh, well, listen, we're going to get into it. Uh, a lot of you in the chat, first of all, thank you all for showing up and watching. We always appreciate it. Um, a lot of you were here yesterday. So you saw that Frankie and uh, Lou really held it down and did a complete deep dive of like almost every single prospect in the draft. Although I had a serious issue with one of the players that they spoke about. I think they really undersold him uh, a lot and we'll get to that later. But today I want to focus uh, primarily Tristan. One of the reasons that we have you here is because we haven't spent too much time looking at second round guys and undrafted guys. And let's be honest, when it comes to the Miami heat, 
more likely than not, those are the rookies that are at least going to be playing for us. So we should probably know some of those names. And we also wanted to prick you, uh, pick your brain on just who you like at 18. Cause I know that we have, I feel like we're going to come to a consensus by draft night, but I know that like right now we're all circling like three or four names. So we kind of wanted to see uh, if you were circling those same names and kind of how you felt about them. Cool. Yeah. Sounds good. Yes. So uh, Frankie, I'm going to kick it over to you because I want you to start off here because we uh, I want to start primarily with some of the names that we like at 18 and who the Miami Heat have been uh, bringing in for workouts. And I want to start with you, Frankie, because I know that you actually have a visual aid to get this thing started with. Let's go. Uh, Shout out to Greg Sylvander from Five Reasons. Um, He has a list here tweeted out. Uh, Some of the guys we've already talked about, uh, Brandon Podzimski, your your boy, AirPods. AirPods! Uh, Olivia Olivia Maxence Prosper. Uh, We talked about Nick Smith, uh, uh, Chris Murray, and Jed Howard. Uh, those are most of the guys that we we somewhat kind of like for that spot, uh, along with, you know, Miami guy, the University of Miami, Isaiah Wong, uh, who I probably second round guy. Uh, the rest of them, I'm, you know, I, I've heard Jamie Jacquez. We didn't really dive into him too much. We got a little bit on him. Um, but uh, the rest of those guys, I'm not really too familiar with. So, Tristan, uh, any of these guys really uh, shout out? Um, like speak to you i know you scout, you said you scouted javon johnson from depaul yeah so um the heat uh, last year made me really happy they took uh, two of my favorite undrafted guys um they picked them up kind of developed them over the course of the year uh, they had jamal kane on two-way last year i was really happy to see his ascent because uh, he stood out at the portsmouth invitational last year which is where they bring in all the seniors um and then they had jamari bouye who i just thought was awesome uh his uh, ncaa tournament game uh stuff of legend somebody i want on uh the team next year going forward i know that's a that's a big fan uh <laughs> big pre-gaming guy they all love yeah. him yeah yeah i i think he's uh i think he will end up on the team um i'm sure he'll be playing summer league i would be a little surprised if he doesn't um but out of the guys there uh number one like favorite guy kind of in that same mold like super unheralded unheralded guy uh, would be craig porter jr from wichita state uh, he's just he's fucking awesome. Uh, he, uh, <laughs> it's a great start right there because we know yeah. nothing about him. So <laughs> he's uh, six foot two, which is a little bit of a deterrent um, at its surface. But uh, he's just a great shot blocking guard. He averaged one and a half blocks per game at six foot two, one point uh, five steals per game, too. I think he shot like off the top of my head, 36, 37 percent from three. Uh, so he is like your prototypical three and D guard. But like I know he's a little small, so like he might have a little bit of trouble like guarding up but he blocked so many shots per game uh kind of gave me a uh, flashbacks like Derek White's style of play like awesome shot blocking guard um I know he gave us nightmares and then yeah you mentioned Javon Johnson uh, I saw him when they played uh Villanova so I saw him get the matchup with Cam Whitmore he held his own uh, I was really surprised that a lot of people haven't talked about him um but he's just a great defensive player he shot over 40 percent from three last year um, he just kind of fits that mold of player that they look for in undrafted guys, like those undrafted fours. Uh, kind of like, uh, kind of reminds me a little bit of Darius Days last year. Okay. Um, okay. Not the same. Um, Darius is uh, a lot better overall as a player. <laughs> but, um, Javen is is a pretty awesome guy, I think, and he's uh, like I said, he held up that test. Uh, he made Cam look uh, pretty lost a couple of times on offense. Coach, uh, Coach Lou, I'm going to kick it to you in, in a second, but I just wanted to follow up really quickly on those two players. Tristan, how do you feel about their defensive IQ? Because when I'm primarily scouting someone for the Heat, 
that's one of the most important skill sets for me to know that they're at least going to get some floor time. I'll say about every single player on that list, um, save for maybe Jet Howard and maybe uh, Nick Smith, Mm -hmm. uh, I would say that out of all those guys, that's like the thing that they're known uh, for is if they aren't maybe athletic enough to be like amazing defenders, they're at least knowledgeable of their spots on the floor. That's the Mm -hmm. thing I like about AirPods you're talking about earlier. Yeah, Um, talk to me, (laughs) AirPods. These guys, first of all, completely undersold him yesterday. I was listening. I was re-listening to the uh, pod today. Livid. They were doing so great until they got to AirPods. Please, Tristan, tell the people why they should be salivating at the thought of AirPods. He's awesome. He he hustles. Yes. He hustles his ass off. I, he, I don't know if I'm as high on him as like I don't know if I'd put him in the green room necessarily. Um, I I think he's more for me in that like 28 to like 38 range somewhere in there, like very end of first round. Uh, he kind of strikes me as a Grizzlies player. If you guys remember last year, they took all those guys that were like analytics darlings that like hustled yes. really well and they performed really well. Um, he has had an awesome pre-draft process, uh, but he knows about all of his spots on the floor on offense and defense. And defensively, like I worry a little bit about the athleticism. I worry a little bit about like what he's going to do, who he's going to guard. Um, but he knows where to be and he's coachable and you can't ask for more than that. Um, I mean, like, Struess, you know, isn't the most athletic uh, guy on the court, but he knows I'm at least so what he's glad doing. You said that. Um, he's a smart. Defensively, player. that is my comp for him. Right, right. <laughs> and like, I, I think there's a lot of players that he's they bring in that bad. you can say that for. Yeah, and he shoots the shit out of the ball. I mean, yeah. the pick and roll, yeah. the pick and roll three yeah. with yeah. him and Bam Adebayo would be lethal. Oh yeah, he would. He would. He would pair very well with Bam. Oh, very, God, I'm so well. excited. Great pod, guys. Great pod. We're done. We got it. We got it. <laughs> this is what he wanted. This is what he wanted. Coach Lou, talk to him. Who, who do you want to talk about from that list, Lou? Um, let's let's get right into it, man. Because I I'm you know, Nick Smith. He's the guy who just ESPN put out a mock today. He's the guy that projected us for 18. I feel like every single player between like 12 to 19 that got taken, I would have been okay with. Him is a hard no for me. So I kind of want to know how Tristan feels about him. Yeah, uh, going into the year. I like the sigh already. I I mean, honest honest to God, I won't lie to you. The pre-draft process, if he was hitting his ceilings, I would have had him top three. Like he was Mm -hmm. was one of the best collegiate players coming into the class. He wasn't going to be Wimby ever. He wasn't ever going to be better than Scoot. But he Mm would have been in that realm of like the third or fourth best player in this class for me, maybe fifth. Um, and I know that sounds really high, but that's what his expectations were. He was one of the, yeah. I think he was the top recruited prospect, uh, in college this upcoming year or this past yes, year. He was. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, he's just, he's a fucking shooter. I mean, he shoots from all, he gets his buckets. I mean, mm-hmm. everywhere, mid range at the rim, uh, from beyond the arc, uh, but percentages really sucked and he's a, he's a litmus test for where you, uh, how you like con- um, how you contextualize these seasons? So he really reminds me of if you guys um, fell, uh, followed Zaire Williams, uh, the Grizzlies player out of Stanford yeah. years ago. Uh, so he had a really rough go of it. He had like I think he had a personal matter, and then the COVID stuff happened, um, and he he played horribly. Like his numbers were completely terrible. Um, but he's actually turned into a serviceable rotational player. Um, he hit his ceiling. Um, and so it was kind of like one of those instances where you had to kind of throw out the tape of college, um, which you can't always do. Um, another guy um, would be what's his face for the the Warriors that they drafted last year. Um, he played with uh, Milwaukee. Pat Baldwin. Uh, Pat Baldwin. 
yeah. yeah, another guy who had just like an atrocious college season and like you have to really look at like the context that's going on. So like Nick Smith dealed with the injury and that's why I don't, that that's probably the toughest evaluation in this class for me because I had so much love for him during the pre-draft process. And I think his ceiling is still extraordinarily high. And I would love for Miami to get their hands on a guy like that because I know that they could work their wonders with him. I just don't know if he's as complete of a player as I thought before. He didn't really show at all. And like, I don't know how much of that is due to the injury. I don't know how much of that is just him. Um, mm-hmm. similar player to that would be to like Dariq Whitehead. I think I'm a higher maybe on Dariq than I am on Nick Smith, but similar situations. Um, Tristan, is he the most like high, uh, high upside guy that you could see falling in that range or is there somebody else? Great um, it's hard to say, um, this, this class is really weird and it's really hard to get a read on it. Yes. Um, you know, a couple weeks ago, I would have been surprised. Uh, three weeks ago, I probably would have been surprised if you told me that Balil Kolobali is going to get top 10 looks. And now I could see him going as high as number six in Magic, yeah. um, like realistically. Um, I would have been surprised if you told me Pods was a first round guy and like he's now a green room guy. Uh, yeah. So there's still a ton of movement. And I don't know. It's hard to say who's going to fall. Um, I really, 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 really like Jalen Hood Shafino. Uh, I have since the beginning of the season. I think he's a, an awesome player. I, I, I'm a sucker for those tall point guards. Um, just those guys, like you see, like the Shea mold of player. But like, um, I would assume move too with the Bulls, who I who I absolutely adored during the pre-draft process. So those kinds of players I fall for. I, w- I would maybe say he's up there. I don't know if he's got a higher ceiling than Nick Smith. Smith's ceiling is like pretty damn high. If he's like. He's he's got that shot making ability that not many players in that range do. Yeah. No like, question. No question. The thing about yeah. Nick Smith, and I'm glad that we're talking about him because I know that you guys went uh, went in on him a little bit yesterday. But yes, when it comes <laughs> to someone, when it comes to someone like Nick Smith, and they have that high of offensive potential, when GMs see that, they start to salivate over that, and, and a guy will almost be overdrafted because of that. So for him to fall to 18. It makes me think, did he have a bad workout? Is it a bad medical? Why is it that he fell all the way to 18? Because that's a big drop for somebody with that high of offensive potential. It's rare that somebody with that kind of like big upside makes it that far down in the draft, especially once you're at like picks, you know, 14, 15, 16, where it's like just outside of the lottery and and you're taking big swings on those picks. Not only that, but he came in with a lot of hype, preseason hype. He went exactly. to SEC school. Uh, it's not like this guy is like an unknown or anything. He yeah. came with a lot of hype. I, I know, Tristan, you talked about uh, the knee injury and stuff. He battled some injuries and stuff. So you do have to contextualize some of that stuff. But with the heat, I don't know if this is best to take a swing or is this a, a safer pick? What, what's your take on that? Um, yeah, so one like last point, I guess, about Smith, too, and another player I forgot who's kind of similar and has similarly high upside would be Gigi Jackson, another guy where it's like he didn't have an injury, but he has just a wildly high upside. Um, I think another player you could even mention and kind of throw in there, and he definitely doesn't have a high as upside as these two guys, but like another guy who does have high upside who will fall really far because like he can score, but he can't do anything else is Amani Bates. <laughs> Um, yes, let's, uh, that's actually a great name to talk about because I will say I have a little bit of inside information on this one. I I know somebody that is, uh, working with Amani Bates and, um, they in particular 
would love to end up with the Miami Heat. Like they they have made it very very clear that they would love to be in the Heat system and be developed by the Heat. Now I'm sure every prospect reaches out to the Heat with the same yeah. thing. So, yeah. um, but but I could see. I don't think personality fit for for us, Amani Bates. I don't I don't know if he'll be the hardest worker, and that's not fair. But mm-hmm. skill set with our Crazy. development system. And that I is know, scary. I also know Leif has said that uh, the Heat have scouted him a lot. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so there's there's mutual interest then. Yeah. The thing with him is he has just such an unbelievably pure shot. I watched. I went to the combine because it was in Chicago this year. So I was at the combine and I went and I watched him shoot. I watched him do this shooting shooting drills and shit like that. Um, his his form is so smooth, but. I, I think that with him, I think people get a little carried away with the name and the, the hype that uh, was around him. And that's the same thing with Nick Smith um, and a little bit to an extent, Gigi Jackson. I think if any of those three were going to put it together, my money would be on Gigi. Um, and that's who I would bank on, like maybe being the best player out of that group because he had so many valid excuses for his rookie season. I, I think the personality thing is a little bit, fair to question but at the same time he should have been going to his high school prom he shouldn't be playing sec basketball you know what i mean yeah that's yeah. a great point um but yeah to answer your question earlier frankie I, th- I think the heat should target a guy that is safer that's kind of where i've been trending okay cool. who's uh we talked a little bit about a couple guys that are a little bit safer in that range we're big fans of like olivier maxens prosper yes, just a guy that's a plug and play in the system defensively he's gonna play for sure uh, is there any other guys that are in that range that you're like, this is a Heat guy? Yeah, I mean, I love Omax Prosper. Uh, he's yes, awesome. sir. Let's yeah. go. He's he's um, big draft beat uh, guy. We're, we're all huge fans of his game. He he's like the guy that screams like Miami Heat player. And I would yeah. not. I tweeted this earlier, but I would not be shocked if he's the pick. Um, I I have a feeling on who they are going to take. Uh, if you want my like prediction or my guess yeah, give it to us uh, give it to us but who i would rather take is somebody else entirely um Ooh. so i'm not usually a fan of this archetype of player or at least spending a premium pick a top 20 pick usually on them i'm i appreciate it when a team does it i understand the benefits of doing it i'm just not a huge fan of spending on shooters that have really significant concerns on the defensive end and i know you're howard is who i think they're gonna take yeah um, and I, and I have the same reservations, by the way. He's a he's an awesome shooter, and he's he's a great passer. Um, he's a he's an underrated passer, I think. Um, he does really well in pick and roll situations. I think he would thrive with the Heat. I don't think he would be bad. I would like I would like to put that out there. I don't think he'd be bad. I just think it would be maybe the least exciting type mm-hmm. of player they could take, because they could also go with Bryce Sensible. They could also go with Jordan Hawkins. I think out of those three, they're most likely to take Jet. That's just kind of the piece that I think that they would take. And like, it would help the team. They need three-point shooting. They desperately need it. Um, you, you can't look at the playoff run as like what they are necessarily, especially yeah. if you're like losing out on Strews if he leaves. You're going to need other guys that can step in and hit threes. He would do that. That's not the route I would go, though. Uh, the route I would go would be the more of the Omax Prosper guys. And like, yeah. My rationale for it is watching this team. They struggled so bad. They had nobody to step in for when Bam came in or came out. I mean, they had no bigs, nobody behind him. I mean, I love Omer. I think his upside is high, but he was he was like a turnstile on defense. He was a foul machine. Um, and he's working on those things for sure. And they're they're gonna develop him and he's gonna be an option going forward. Don't get me wrong. 
Um, and then <laughs> we all know what's up with, with Cody Zeller and then before that, the Dwayne Dedman <laughs> experiment. Oh, um, but they've, they've long searched for somebody to fit that role. And maybe it's Jovich down the line. Maybe it's Omer. I really think that there are a few guys in here that they could target that could fit in, that could play a small ball five or even just outright play the five that could come in behind him. My dream, my dream situation would be going in and getting uh, Derek Lively. Um, that won't happen. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. But, really? Uh, underrated guy that I really want them to get. And I don't think they will, but I would love for them to get is uh, Noah Clowney out of Alabama. Okay. That would, Ooh. That Can you best. tell us exactly why you like Noah Clowney? Because we've been going back and forth on him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In the chat. Yeah. Um, I see somebody in the comments mentioned Orlando. I forgot Orlando Robinson. He's 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 a G. I like him, but uh, it doesn't really fit exactly like what type of center I'm talking about. And that would be Clowney, who can extend onto the perimeter. He can defend pretty much anywhere. He's a great defender. He defended at the rim. He's 18 years old uh, or 19 maybe now. Um, he shot like 36% from three or something like that, I think. Um, I, I know he shot – I know he was willing to shoot. I don't know if the percentage was that high. Um, so he, he was able to shoot. He can hit from the corners. He's just like this like 3 and B type player where um, – I say 3 and B, not 3 and D. Um, but <laughs> – he um he's a really good defender he kind of reminds me of bam in a little bit um of way a few ways on defense uh and i kind of really honed in on him um and bobby clintman during the the pre-draft process and clintman backed out of the draft he's he's gonna be next year but i really like how those guys play on defense i think they really remind me of bam and i think that having somebody like that that can go in you can develop a little bit but can also play a little bit um like right away i think he would be a perfect supplement as a guy that can play next to bam but also a guy who can take on that role that bam provides obviously not as high of a level but he's young he's moldable and he can step in right away which is something that you know jovich really couldn't do guards one through five no i uh, 
starting one no, through five. I'm, is, I'm asking because I haven't really looked at him that well. Yeah, so. it's a fair question. Um, he uh, he would get beat by quicker guards for sure. Okay. Um, but he does well to keep his – he switches his hips really well. He keeps his body in front of guys pretty well, and he is pretty quick. I just don't think I would put him, like, there yet. I think he probably guards right now more of a four than anything else, and then I think yeah. eventually down the line you'd get him to guard fives. Um, but I like him. I like the fact that um, he just showed a willingness to shoot. Okay. Um, I think he's somebody that they – like, if they got their hands on him, they could turn him into a beast. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, we talked about this a lot when we started Draft Beat. Um, just what kind draft of... Draft Beat! You have to say it the right way. Draft <laughs> no, no. Beat! <laughs> I'm not doing that. Uh, we, we talked about, like, their most successful prospects, and um, it's been the Josh Richardsons, the Justice Winslows, the Bam Adebayos, the Tyler Heroes, guys who can fill a role right now and mm-hmm. grow and in, in, in right. get molded. So that's what we're really targeting at 18. We've mentioned guys. Uh, like, I'm glad you brought a Bryce Sensible because we're kind of mixed on that. Lou, Lou really is uh, Lou's a loving, big Sensible fan. Loving, loving, loving the offense and the scoring. Lou, go ahead. Yeah. And, and yeah. yeah no, no, no. I, I think, I think when you pick at 18, it's it's a it's a tricky situation, right? Because it's not like you're picking a, a you know top five, top ten. You're looking for elite traits and somebody who's elite on one side of the ball. And for better or for worse, if you like his play style or not, he can score. He can score the absolute crap out of the ball, on the ball, off the ball, in the post, midi, pull-ups, catch-and-shoot threes, elite at all of those things. Now, the bad is kind of bad. You know, the defense, uh, some of the passing stuff. <laughs> the bad uh, is really bad. It's really bad. <laughs> at, at, at 18, I think it is a tad rich, but I can see why the Heat would get him because at the very minimum, you have an elite option off of the bench with upside to play next to maybe a Bam because he is 6'6", and he is like 230-something pounds, and he's kind of length. Like, you know, he's kind of lengthy as, as, as a player. But, um, yeah, what, what do you think of him? Like, in terms of maybe his fit with Miami, and is that somebody would, that you'd be comfortable taking as high as 18? And in what, yeah, what range would you take him as well? Yeah. I think that's important. I don't think 18's high for him. I don't think that's a reach. Um, I, I know you. a lot of guys. <laughs> I'd love to shout out um, uh, Draft Deeper and the guys over at uh, No Ceilings. Um, they're super high on him. I'm not quite there with him yet. Um, I, I think he is probably maybe the best pure shooter in the class. Um, I mm-hmm. think he has a really, really high like stake to claim for that. Um, somebody recently, and I need to I'll look it up, um, but he posted, um, he's got this database of like, um, who shoots what percentage at what spot. Oh, I can, um, I can send it to you. I, I, I have this, I have it in my bookmarks. Um, yeah. but I was super thankful for it. Um, because like sense of just killed it. He was like 40%, like corner threes, um, everywhere. Yeah. I mean, it was like over 40% everywhere. And, but, it, but the thing with him too, is it's not just threes. He, he can score in the midi. He can score at the rim when he needs mm-hmm. to. I think he's a really versatile scorer. I think that kind of goes overlooked. Um, I think he's in that kind of Nick Smith bucket for me. I think some teams are really high, really big fans of him. I got really uh, disappointed because I went to the Big Ten tournament this year and I was really hoping to see him play and he was uh, he got hurt. And so he I didn't get to see him play. I, I literally went to the Big Ten tournament solely just for to him. Play, and uh, he was hurt. Uh, he do, do you have any concerns with his um, knee injury? I believe it's a it's a knee injury, correct? I, I um, heard it got like meniscus, I think. Yeah, I think he already got it solved and he should be ready to go by um 
training camp and stuff like that. But is that something that kind of pushes you away just due to his body type in particular? I I don't really read into injuries a ton. And that might okay. be like a blind spot for me. That might be something gotcha. that like, I don't know. I, I was just super guilty. And I talked about this a little bit earlier. Like with Zaire, I was so low on Zaire Williams. And like I recognized the talent was there. But like the injury kind of threw me off. His production was just bad. And then he immediately stepped into a role and he was like immediately a rotation piece for them. And I know they've got like a 17 man roster of rotation players, but like he really stepped in and did well. So like I've kind of stopped looking at that as extensively as I have. I will say it's something worth noting for sure. Mm -hmm. But also given what his role would be on this team as probably just a spot up shooter in his first couple of years, I think probably not. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we did want to really get into the um, second round guys as well. Uh, Just the- real quick. I'm sorry, right. Frankie. Before we get into the second round guys, there was one guy in particular that I really wanted to mention just to get your opinion on. Because for my money, I think he may be the safest pick for the Heat. Um, and that's Chris Murray. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm just curious how you feel about him and how he would fit with the Heat. I think he'll be there at 18. And like I said, I just think it's the safest pick. Maybe not the sexiest, but for me on paper, it fits. Yeah. I would be excited by it. Um, I think that he kind of fits the mold of player that I was talking about, like wanting to pick where he's got room to develop one and two, he can step in right away. So like, while I think Noah Clowney has probably the highest upside of those kinds of guys, and that's probably why he's the guy I've sort of zeroed in on. Um, Omax Prosper kind of fits this bill too. Um, Ben Shepard is another guy that fits this bill. Um, Shepard's, more of a like a wing but um yeah murray pretty awesome i know his i know a lot of people say like oh he's like keegan murray 2.0 and like yeah he does play like him in ways i mean they grew up together for sure he doesn't have as high of a ceiling as as keegan i wouldn't expect the same production that keegan gave keegan was just an outright better player everything that chris did keegan did a little bit better and like i know it's like really sexy to look at like you know big 10 21 point per game score and it's all great and he will step into a role pretty quickly so i would be excited in that i think he would contribute right away i just would also like warn and advise heat fans to not expect the keegan murray yeah uh, like i i would not expect that experience with him right away i don't <laughs> think he'd be a starter right away you could plug him in there sometimes but like keegan like to me was just like he was a full-time starter right away. Chris yeah. is not that. Chris needs a little bit more time. He's still a little bit like more raw than than Keegan is. Of course, of course he is. Um, yeah. But, um, I, I would be excited by that, and that he's like a bigger guy that they could play. Okay. And Are I you... still see some room for growth with with Chris. Yes. Like that. Yeah. That's something that has been bothering me a little bit in the pre-draft process. And I think I think honestly, we've been saying this about Jordan Hawkins too. I think a lot of people are like, well, he is what he is. I don't believe in that. You know, I think you get better once you get into the NBA, if you, if you stick at it, you know, and I see room for growth and particularly in this, uh, in this style of play, I just think, you know, you drop him in and and there is a spot for him in our rotation. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's great. I feel like he's kind of one of those guys who like really doesn't have a weakness per se. Like he's very well-rounded also maybe not, doesn't have like overlying strengths. He just kind of knows what he's doing. Just solid. And, yeah, yeah, just all around solid. And I was curious because I'm not as high on Noah Clowney as you are, but I am high on somebody in particular, which is Leonard Miller. How would you talk about him in comparison to maybe Clowney? Because I would rather him than Clowney by a lot, I'm going to be very honest. But I'm curious to see. 
Leonard Miller is a top 10 talent in this class. There you um, go. There, there you go. There's wow, no uh, ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, I think people are overthinking it like at a ridiculous level. Um, the G League players um, have been overrated. And, or, I mean, overlooked, sorry. Yes. <laughs> sorry, overlooked <laughs> the last few years. Um, I, I think they've had a really high success level as rotation pieces. I don't think any of them have like really just completely fallen off. I mean, like I know Isaiah Todd didn't get a lot of minutes with the Wizards, but like he's going to be a guy that can step in at Phoenix. He's got high upside. Uh, you've got Kaminga, obviously, good player, who I still believe has a really high upside, just wasn't on the right timeline with that team. Um, uh, same thing with Jalen Green. I'm excited to see what he can do like with a new coaching staff. So I, I'm really high on Leonard, um, and uh, I'm really high on uh, his teammate uh, Sidi Sissoko. I'm high yes, on his other sir. teammate. I, that was I that was going to be another one. We've, yeah, I'm but high I on um, <laughs> Mojave King. If you want to talk about second round undrafted guys, Mojave King is like okay. a high. Like I, I love him. I love his game. Um, I love uh, F.A. Abogidi, I think is how you say his name. Um, You're just making up names now, but it's okay. (laughs) 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 He played at he played at Washington State last year. Um, He's a guy that can like he's just a rim runner. He'd be a really good second round pick or not second round pick, but undrafted prospect for the Mm. heat to pick up. Um, I love all those guys, like not going to lie at all. I just think the coaching over there, the kind of competition that they're facing is unmatched. Uh, Leonard can do pretty much everything. And like, I don't understand with him. So many people were talking about him as a potential first round pick last year. Okay. Well, he went a lot back, of first round. Yeah. Got, he got significantly better. Yeah. He, that's that. Yeah. He got significantly better against like more difficult better talent. We're talking about him as a first round guy out of high school, out of prep Academy. And now you're talking about this guy that went to the G league. He played extremely well, good defender, uh, good all over the court. Um, am, he's, am I crazy like, for saying, Am I crazy for saying he was probably the G League Ignite's best player from like most of the season, if not all? I think Scoot was great, um, but I think he he was phenomenal because I saw both guys and he yeah. he just felt like a little more consistent than Scoot did. And obviously, you know, we're not drafting Scoot at eighteen. If, if we were, <laughs> we'd be doing backflips. But like, uh, I I again, he's he's very similar. I think he has. A, I love his upside, man. I really love his upside. But I don't know. Do you think he's more of a four or a five? Because obviously, this is in context with the Heat. Do you think he can play next to Bam? Because the jumper is kind of the biggest. That's what concern. scares me. That's what scares yeah. me. It's terrifying yeah. sometimes, but yeah, I think he's <laughs> I think he's more of a four right now. But he's so good, like he's so good everywhere. Um, like Else. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not super concerned about the jumper. Um, if I'm being honest, I think that, um, he didn't show anything that was significantly broken to me mechanics wise. Like. It, it wasn't like this is fundamentally broken. This is beyond repair. Um, if I trust any coaching staff to get him in the right shape, um, that would be my guy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. 
Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I didn't, the only reason I didn't mention Leonard Miller as my number one guy is because I think like firmly, like he should be in lottery conversations. I think like he, I think the Thunder would take him at 12 if he was there. Uh, I don't know if they'd take him over Koulibaly, but like Leonard is a guy that I think is just super humble. It's a hard worker. And I love those guys that go through the pre-draft process. They listen to feedback. They go back, they get better. And then they're awesome. They, I don't, I've never seen in the NBA um, and correct me if you notice anybody that has done this, but that has followed that path and has gone to the NBA and has just not improved. Like, if you can show linear improvement before you're even in the league, why would I not want to take you? Um, yep. A guy that I hate Absolutely. didn't get to play in the league this year, but would have like turned some heads is EJ Liddell out of Ohio State. Yes, uh, he, did, he did that exact thing. He, you know, he went to the combine. They're like, you need to be a better shooter. He went back and he shot like 37% from three. Like he, he got so much better. He was so much uh, more impressive his second year. Um, and I just love those kinds of guys. I love guys that are coachable, that are open, uh, receptive. Uh, Leonard Miller would be awesome. And then, like I said, Sissoko would be really awesome too. He's one of the best players <laughs> in the class. So Go can you talk a little bit about his game? Yeah. yeah. Sissoko? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I yeah. Mean, the yeah. only thing I know about him is that he wrote the thong song, which was great. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I love him as well. Um, you know, I, I just love both those guys. I think they're I think they're very um humble people. I, I talked to both them at the combine actually, and I didn't notice he was sitting next to me, but I went to go talk to Leonard. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, a reporter named Sidney Sissoko came up and started asking him, like, who his favorite teammate was. And I didn't realize who he was at first. And I turned to my right, and there he is. Um, that was a really awesome. <laughs> moment. But, um, yeah, on court, uh, just a maven defensively. He's like, you talk about those guys that, like, fit heat DNA on defense mm-hmm, yeah. and other spots. That's him. I think he might be, like, I think he can guard, like, pretty much everywhere. I wouldn't be, like, feeling, like – out of water like asking him to guard multiple positions i i don't know like i don't use one through five ever really for any players because i feel like there's only like three or four players that can defend one through five totally fair yeah and being one of them um but so, like if, if i got if he got tasked to guard somebody else like i i wouldn't feel terrible about it you know what i mean like he's somebody that mm-hmm. like you can put him out there and he can contribute immediately uh, another guy another g league elite guy that did that last year with the bucks was marjan beauchamp Oh, yeah. I, was really I didn't give him more minutes last year, but like he knew his spots well, played defense, and he was able to pass a little bit. And I, I just kind of like some of the similar aspects um, for Sissoko. I I love Sissoko because one of his weaknesses was his like temperament. Like he was very competitive, got chippy with other Sold. players. I was like, Mike, this is <laughs> our guy. He, I was like, I literally told him that's a strength. Like, what are we talking yeah. about here? <laughs> I want that. I, I want yeah. that you want it. Yeah, like there's definitely uh, like all his weaknesses that I saw were coachable things, like coachable yes. developmental things. And yes. that's what I like about him and Miller. Like mm-hmm. Miller, I'm worried about his the jump shot form, like the consistency of it. I love that his workday, his uh, pro draft workday looks a lot better, a lot smoother. But he just want to consistent and he shot 79 percent from the line. So I'm like, he's got touch. He's clearly got touch. Yeah. Um, there's something to work with exactly and his middies and his middies great off of pull-ups it's, it's crazy how nice his midi looks off of pull-ups in comparison to his set shot from three yeah but, yeah yeah i think it's just something he's more comfortable off the dribble than than catch and mm-hmm. shoot sometimes that's that's what it is and they just right. gotta work on that but i love leonard miller i love city C- sissoko i wish we had multiple picks but i do want to get into 
some of the local guys. Uh, University of Miami, Isaiah Wong worked out with uh, the Heat. We had that confirmed today with the U, uh, with Greg Savander. I try to keep a blind spot for the Miami guys because I know I'm super biased. And I, I even if I love them and they're good players like Bruce Brown, I do but not they're all amazing. Them. Let's just be I, honest. They're all the best players I'm ever. ever. I, I thought Shane Mark was going to be a, an all-star. So, no. Hey. Tristan, can you talk about Isaiah Wong a little bit from your perspective? Yeah, uh, he's another one of those guys that has really shown like growth over the years. Um, he didn't go. Th- uh, uh, he did go through the draft process before, um, so he has gone through and he has improved. Um, he was, uh, I believe, he won uh, ACC's Most Improved Player his sophomore year. He jumped like he made some ridiculous scoring jump. Um, so I'm, I've been super proud of him. Uh, I was one of the people who voted for him for Most Improved Player uh, yeah. that year. That I think he won it. Um, I need to go back and, and check, but yeah, um, yeah, from, uh, sorry, he jumped up from 7.7 points per game, uh, to 17 his sophomore yeah. year, yeah, absolutely absurd jump. Um, yeah. any player that can do that is gonna, I'm gonna be a fan of. Um, I, I like Jordan Miller too. I might like Jordan Miller maybe even almost more. Um, I think the whole, I think the whole league does. Jordan Miller, cool. I think, is, is right now at least projected to go higher than Wong. I think Wong is actually projected as. Undrafted, like, maybe? Un, yeah, late second yeah. undrafted is what I, I, I think. I think the one's late in the range. Yeah. I yeah, wouldn't be surprised either way. But, like, I think they're both coachable guys. I think um, that's a big thing. Um, I, I keep saying that. So, I guess this is a really coachable draft. Like, these guys are all really <laughs> But that's high- important for the Heat, though. So, yeah. that's, that's important. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they brought him in. Um, you know, there have been a few. Miami guys have wanted them to bring in um, – to Bruce Brown, which he uh, had made his oh, way. Oh man, kind of him and Davon Reed. Oh my <laughs> goodness, I wanted Davon Reed. I, on the I still program. want Davon oh, Reed. Oh yeah, I did too. They had him for a little bit. They had him uh, ten yes. days. God. Yeah, unfortunate. But um, I think both of those guys um, are really strong candidates to be drafted in the second round. Um, I think Jordan Miller might provide a little bit more. I think he might have a more defined role at the next mm-hmm. level, which is why. That's kind of where, where you get into the nitty gritty. You just find like guys that are going to have defined roles. I think Jordan Miller's just, I mean, you guys know it better than me, but like he's just crazy on defense. Yeah. Yes. He's, he's great. And I get a natural fit on this team. Uh, truthfully, I think both of them uh, would yeah. be natural fits on our bench. Like I, I see a spot for both of them. I think they, they fit our, our, um, our defense, our IQ and all that. But one of the things that I really wanted to ask you, um, was surprises in the NBA draft. They happen every single year. Somebody goes way higher than we expect, and somebody falls that we did not see coming. So for both of those, if you had to, you know, to pick a guy that's going to go higher and a guy that's going to go lower than, than, you know, is being discussed right now. Yeah, I think um, there are a couple – every year there's a couple spots in the draft where, like, everything flips on its head. Um, so obviously the big contention point this year is two and three, like what, what's going to happen with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I won't open the can of worms. That is the number three pick. Um, yeah. I think if the Hornets don't draft scoot, they're stupid. Um, that's my take on it. Um, and uh, no, no offense to anybody that works in the Hornet front office. I just like, <laughs> I, I feel very passionately about scoot and what he is and his fit with Lamello. Um, but speaking of, um, but anyways, <laughs> Uh, so I think that is kind of like a flipping point. I think I thought of um, number four is that kind of point two, and I thought that would change the entire trajectory of the lottery at one point. Um, but I think with James Harden probably going to, 
Ryan's for arrow in the chat said we need Scoot Henderson's stepdad to release a video of him with a gas mask bong. Yeah, the, only, the only problem is that they don't they don't have a problem with weed anymore in the NBA, so he'll still go to. We need him snorting lines of culture. So I'm exactly. Brandon Miller killed a guy and he's still going number three or two. So. That's true. That's true. God damn it. <laughs> but um yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um number four, I thought um if Houston didn't, um, if Houston was going to sign James Harden, I don't think they would take Amin Thompson. And that mm-hmm. is like kind of a big flipping point for me because if Amin didn't go four, I could have seen him falling like pretty far, which would have been kind of mm-hmm. shocking because he's one of the most athletic players I've ever scouted. Incredibly um, athletic. I think, he's, I think he is going four still. So I think the sixth pick is now that it's the fifth and the sixth picks are kind of like where a player is going to fall. That's like pretty shocking because I think a team's going to trade up for Anthony Black. And so I could see Taylor Hendricks falling. I could mm. see Jairus Walker falling. I've heard rumors recently that Cam Whitmore could fall. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know what to make of that. Um, I think all three of those guys are top seven talents. I don't know if they all go in the top seven. Again, I mentioned Koulibaly earlier. I could see him going high. Um, Alsar Thompson is a guy that I think like people sort of sleep on going high, um, like higher than like the like seven to 10 range is where he's mocked currently. Um, Cause he just canceled his workout with the Pacers the other day. And I don't know what reasons he would have for doing that other than he got a promise at six by the magic, mm-hmm. which would make complete sense. Cause with that six pick, they're going to go upside 11th is where I think they're just going to straight up take like shooter, guy, which will be Grady Dick. Yeah. Magic. Um, right. Right. Hashtag. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, in terms of like guys falling, that's like kind of where I'd start to look is like that Osar Thompson or the Amin brother or the Thompson brothers, um, Taylor Hendricks, who I love, I absolutely adore. Um, those would be those kinds of guys. And then in terms of surprises, uh, I don't know if it's a surprise anymore, but Bufkin, Kobe Bufkin out of Michigan is a guy that like has we been. That's Lou's guy. That's Lou's guy. Please tell me a percentage, one through 100%. Chance that he's going to be there at eighteen? No, zero. Moose, uh, <laughs> don't you fucking say that. He, he would have been a guy that, um, if you want to talk about another guy that I really like, that's like him. If you you want to talk about like a crazy out of left field prospect that I'd really yeah. like to take at eighteen. Um, Please. I love the safe guys, guys that do a little bit of everything. We talked about Chris Murray, um, but another guy that does that from the guard spot is Marcus Sasser, okay. um, and I, I'm oh, higher yeah. on him. A lot of people are. I have a first round grade on him. Uh, I don't know that a lot of people do, but um, yeah, Buffkin is one of those guys. He is the poster child for like very good at everything. Not that many holes in his game. If any, like off the top of my head, like I don't have that many like fundamental weaknesses I could list out. um, If any, Um, but he's just good at everything. He can shoot, he can pass, he can defend, like he does everything. And that's why I think teams are starting to pick up on that. So like three weeks ago, I would have said like, 70% 70% chance he'd be there at 18. Now I'd say it's probably closer to like five. I'm oh kidding. my God. My I mean, he, look, Jesus I, Christ. Lou, we've talked about it. Tristan, I, I think know. he's a top 10 guy. I really I, do. I have him ranked fifth on my board. I, I, I don't care how crazy I mean, he's, he's a safe player. Um, yeah. I, you know, you kind of worry about maybe like what the upside is because what like players of his archetype have succeeded very well at the next level. Correct. Um, he, kind of reminds me which is scary he kind of reminds me in some ways of like johnny davis's path um mm. davis was hampered though really badly oh by, by the injury <laughs> <laughs> yeah davis was uh a really safe pick 
which is weird because of the season that he had. Um, mm-hmm. But he was like just a safe guy who did like a lot of things right. Um, the thing with him is that he was so hurt for like so much of the season. His injury was so much worse than people let on. Um, and that's why he sucked at the end of the college season. That's why he wasn't very good uh, to begin um, his, his uh, rookie NBA career. And he started really picking it up at the end of the year. I know like the percentages, the stats won't necessarily show, but he looked a lot more confident. Um, so he, you saw, you all probably saw the clip of like the up and under that he had um, like super like confident, super like vintage guy. Um, so, like, in that way, Buffkin's a little bit scary. Um, but I think that, like, now teams are kind of starting to pick up on the fact that, like, why are we, like, underrating this guy? Like, Hooper, sadly. Yeah. Sadly. I, I, think, I love yeah, him. We'll go top 13. I think 13 to the Raptors is a really, 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 really possible spot for him. I agree. That's where I've had him his floor right now uh, oh, on the God. recent days with all the talk. Uh, I don't I, – I think he has a promise – uh, because of how everything's going, and I, I'm sorry, Lou, but I, I don't think he's. It's just, be it's not going to happen. Yeah, Look, uh, and I still think he goes top ten. I really do. But let's see. Yeah. I could also see another surprise. Um, I talked about loving Hood Shafino. Um, for some reason, his stock has gone through a crazy roller coaster. I just don't understand why. Like, I don't understand how like a guy could go from like in your 20s to 30s to like top nine, like in the matter of like a week. I don't. I don't know, um, but I could see him being drafted um, at nine. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a, I have I'm a fan him, of him. I like his game. I he reminds me a lot of like Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, just that big guard who doesn't shoot a lot of threes, uh, more of a secondary playmaker, but but can make plays on the ball. Um, and you know the size, of course. But um, I I've kind of like with Kulave, uh jumping his stock, and Buffkin is like pretty much secured in the lottery. I think he's a guy that could fall because the, the, the teams that are right after that are less guard needy. So could you talk about him a little bit? What you like about his game? About Hushafino? Yeah. Yeah. And do yeah. you think he'll be on the board at 18? Um, I was super confident of it a week ago. Again, like it's one of those things where it just like fluctuates yeah. now. Like I've heard the jazz really like him. Um, that's just, and they, they have a 16 pick. That, that's what I've heard. Um, I've heard that they're um, if they trade if uh, the Pistons trade down, um, they are also big fans of him. I've heard like that nine sixteen pick swap is a thing that could happen. I could see okay. the Pistons going and taking um, Hutchfino at nine. Um, yeah, I'm a, I mean I'm a big fan of his. I, I don't understand as much of like the reservation that people have about him. I think like several times he looked like the most confident player on a team that had Trace Jackson Davis, who's by the way an awesome player. Awesome yes. college player too, um, but he oftentimes looked like the most like confident player out there. Um, he obviously has like room to work, but like the passing skills are really real to me. Um, I think he has uh, room for improvement with the handle, with passing, but like the upside to me is there. And when you have a player that's that tall, that has like shown a little bit that he can shoot a, like a little bit, like he still really needs to work on that too. Like he's definitely a project piece to me, but like he's somebody that like I, I am really high on. He's a tall point guard. That's just the archetype of player that I, I'm a sucker for, like very lengthy, like especially those guys that have tight handles. Like I, I really like him. Love stuff. Tristan, the uh, last player that we'll uh, talk to you about before we let you go. And we really appreciate you hopping on and giving us all this time. Yes, um, this one is a little bit selfish on my part because I don't even think he'll be there, but all year Jordan Hawkins was my guy for the Miami heat. 
And, and especially had we stayed at 14, like send it in. I, I just think it's a natural fit. Best shooter in the draft. Still see room for potential. But for some reason, I see him sliding on draft boards now. I wanted to ask you, is this more because, and we talked about it earlier, a lot of people see him as finished product. This is who he is, which I don't agree with. Is it because he's not as young as some of the other guys? Like, why is he sliding? And is there any chance he slides to 18? (laughs) Yeah, I I definitely think that he could go at 18. I think with the shooters um, and just kind of lumping them all together right now would be Mm -hmm. Bryce Sensible. Jet Howard, Jordan Hawkins, those three guys are going to go in a similar range. I could honestly see mm-hmm. them like going back to back to back. Um, I think the Lakers are going to just take a shooter, like no and matter that, what. That's my fear. That's going to kill I think me. Hawkins is a very good fit there. Um, it's I think with them, it's more of between Hawkins and Sensible. I think between us, it's Hawkins and Howard. I don't know. Howard. If it's really a, a like a guy for us. I think Howard would be atop that list. Um, I think uh, Greg Sovander, like you said earlier, like he, he talked about um, his guest would be right now, uh, Jet Howard for us. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I view those players all in the same way. Um, they all have different like nuances to them, but at the end of the day, they're like, they're shooters. They're going to be awesome shooters. I just don't know how much I value using a top 18 pick on a guy that is as one dimensional and like he, he can defend. And he was a part yeah. of a very successful team, obviously. He saw extraordinary leaps from his first to his second year. He improved. He fits that mold of, like, you know, coachable guys again. There, there I go with that again. But, mm-hmm. like, um, somebody who has improved, he's taken steps to improve. But, again, like, I don't, I don't know. It's a premium pick. There are, guys, there are shooters that I really like that are going to go undrafted that are going to be, like, available there that shot 30%, 38%, 40% from three that can also defend. They're a little bit older, but, like, I don't know. Maybe, like, there's less athleticism and less length with those guys. But if the end product is the same, I don't know. Hawkins is a better defender than he gets credit for. He can um, mm-hmm. he body. Agree. Um, I think he's a good player. I don't know if I'd love him being picked, but that to me is just a preference thing. I don't think it would be a bad pick. That's just like, yeah, where I kind of view those I players. I would be, I, I'm higher on like that group of like athletic defenders, like Clowney, Miller, Sissoko, than I am of like your sense of balls, your Howards, and your um, Hawkins. And I, I think those players are great. Like, again, don't get me wrong. Yeah, not taking anything. It's just what you right. value more. Right, exactly. I think yeah. it's your flavor. And I, I, I don't, I don't blame anyone who would want a shooter because again, somebody who's going to really step into this team right away and who's going to improve the team. I mean, he would improve the team. Like we would be a better team with Jordan Hawkins on our team. We'd be a better team with Jet Howard on our team than we were before. Yeah. I mean, the improvements that he made this year, not only with his shooting, but I think off the ball too, he doesn't get enough credit for his off the ball work. Um, I'm just, I'm just a huge fan of of his game and his IQ. I think he is one of the smartest players in the draft. Um, And me personally, I, I, I'm always looking at that for the heat. For sure. Um, all right. So, Tristan, on the way out, where can people follow you? What are you working on next? Let's go ahead and give out the handle, please. Yeah. Uh, so, you can follow me at Twitter, uh, at Tristan R. Tucker. Um, I have a sub stack that I link on there. Um, but the Twitter is where I'm most active. So, that's a really great place to follow me. Tomorrow, I'll be posting my big board. Uh, a lot of my draft work is going, like, for those deep dives, those deep players so i've got a i've got a database of about 400 plus prospects for this 
class alone, 400 mm. some players. So I'll be ranking those guys, putting them into tiers and putting that out tomorrow. So you guys can catch me on there. Excellent. We love that. We'll be sure to, uh, to all retweet that and make sure you guys all follow Tristan. Can't thank him enough for hopping on here and making us feel a little bit better about uh, the 18th pick and what our possibilities are. Um, as also, I just want to say, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say this yet, but we will be doing a playback live stream type thing for the draft. So you all can watch the draft with us, hear our thoughts after every single pick. Um, and we're going to have, you know, more heat, uh, heat beat people jump in, uh, Tristan, you're more than welcome to join us. It's just, you know, we'll send out a link to anybody that wants to hop in and just, uh, you know, get in on the phone with us on draft night. That will be at 8 PM. So we're looking forward to that. Stay tuned for more information on that. I want to thank everybody for hopping on. Frankie, I know you got something you want to say on the way out. What's up? Uh, I just want to say, make sure you guys tune in because Heat Beat is very legendary for their draft reactions, their uh, panic yes. for the picks. Uh, Woj just is reporting to here selecting OG Anunobi. No, no, Bam on the bio. I like. Oh, my. That's a Bam. Yo. What are we doing? Oh, twice? Who is this? Twice got... in one show? Ba are you kidding? <sighs> what is he doing? Who is that? <laughs> He just said that, that that they're gonna draft OG. Oh no, no, we won't. Oh no, we don't. They're drafting Bam Adebayo. What is what? What, what happened? I read it. You gotta be freaking oh, kidding me! Oh. <laughs> I'm concerned because somebody there sounds like me, <laughs> and that was my fucking same reaction. Well, not really the same reaction. I just did. I really wanted OG or, or I wanted Kuzma. OG too. I mean, I I, listen, it's. it's <laughs> Everybody knows I was in on Tyler Hero from the pre-draft process. Like, that was my guy. But the amount of hate that I got from Heat Beat when Tyler Hero was drafted, <laughs> like, literally, they were like, Alex, you better be fucking right. <laughs> Pox Beat. Pox Beat. Uh, listen, thank you guys so type. much for joining us for Giraffe Beat, episode two. We'll see you later this week for the actual draft and see what happens with pick number 18. Uh, let, let's make some magic with that pick, boys.